My name is Jacob Stoops, and you're listening to the Page 2 Podcast, my podcast about the reality of being an SEO in which I chronicle the real-life stories, experiences, challenges, and advice from some of the most amazing people in the industry. Today, we talk to Nick Eubanks, founder and CEO at From the Future and co-founder of Traffic Think Tank. Outside of being a damn good SEO, Nick is an entrepreneur who started his first company by 19 and sold his first company at 24. We talk about what it's like to run a business at such a young age and how to deal with the pressure that that can lead to. We talk about his inspiration for starting Traffic Think Tank. We get deep into SEO and talk about why he chose to make $30,000 the minimum engagement for his agency. Talk about how a simple technical SEO change led him to drive over 1 million incremental visitors to one of his clients' websites, as well as the importance of intent optimization when developing content, and much, much more. So get your popcorn and get dialed in as we tell Nick Eubanks' SEO story. Hello, everybody. We are here with Nick Eubanks, founder and CEO at From the Future and co-founder of Traffic Think Tank. How are you doing, Nick? I'm good, man. How are, how are you today? I am. Um, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. This is a different uh, meeting time that I'm. I'm used to. I'm. I'm used to uh, doing doing these uh, recordings late at night, and I'm actually thankful that I am doing it out midday, and that we'll both <laughs> not have to stay up deep into into the night when we'd probably rather be doing other things. Yeah, that's. Um, I can. I can absolutely appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so definitely appreciate you coming on. And for my for my guests, um, I've been following Nick on Twitter for quite a while. Not in a creepy way, um, but in the, <laughs> in the SEO industry, right? You kind of you kind of follow the the players and um, you know watch you know watch for the the advice. And the SEO community is really good about kind of giving information back and not. Uh, gatekeeping information and Nick has been somebody that has been uh, well integrated into the SEO scene uh, for quite a while now and uh, not only that especially lately has been part of some pretty big goings on um, that I that I think we'll be able to talk to today that are pretty cool within the um, within the space Um, but for those people that don't know you Nick could you just tell tell us a little bit about yourself um yeah um I don't know. I don't know why that's like that. It's always like a hard question. Um, uh, really into finding opportunities um, to leverage search um, and leverage um, centers of influence, places where there's existing demand, and finding ways to take the the traffic or the audience that's already there and and steal parts of it and and have it and send it where I want. Um, but uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I really just I think main passion when anything is probably building websites. Um, just been building like piece of crap websites is how it all started. Um, I've been building websites for so long. Uh, I was in a conversation a couple of weeks ago where I was talking to somebody, a friend of mine locally who owns a web development company. And we were just going through and they were talking to me. He's like, yeah, I think we just built our 1,000 website. And I started thinking back. It's like, how many, how many sites have I, like, how many sites have I built? So like, how many sites like, have, have like we yeah. built or like have I been a part of like as, as part of teams? And um, it's somewhere in the hundreds. It's probably like close to, if not over 500 sites. And it's just wild to realize that like, I, just, I, don't, I don't think that's like a common identity, um, at least not in the SEO space. I don't think a lot of people are like, I just actually really like building websites. That's why I'm doing this. It's your little slice of the internet. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Though. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird thing. Cause like, I don't, I don't think of myself as a website builder, but like that's really what it all sort of distills down into. 
so, so I think that one of the things that you have experience in, and not in, in my mind, not many SEOs have this type of kind of double ex- experience. Is you're you're an entrepreneur. Um, you built your first company. I'm sorry, founded, built, however you want to say it. Your first company at 19, and you sold your first company at 24. And not, obviously, you're now running from the future in traffic think tanks. So, I, I guess take us through what that is like from the more entrepreneurial uh, side of things? Um, I mean, the company at 19 was a painting franchise um, where I had like, I don't know, almost 30 employees and was running around and and people were paying me thousands of dollars to like paint their biggest assets, um, which is wild now that like you would write a $5,000 check to like, I don't know if I would write myself, like my 19 year old self a check and be like, paint my house. Um, so the fact that anybody gave me money to do that, <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, I think we painted like 42 houses. I, I ran three crews, um, made a decent chunk of money, saved none of it, just bought like a nice car immediately. Um, uh, and then, um, yeah, sort of fell into digital. Like I feel like most people, at least my age, I think like if you're in your 30s or older, like this was a total accident. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, building the, the building of the companies, the designing of the, the products or services and the finding of the people and, and like that's that's the fun part, at least for me. Like that's, I think that's the part I enjoy the most. Um, it's the running of the companies that's very difficult. Um, and so I just hire people smarter than myself to do that part. So I know what I was like at, at 19 and um, I know I was to... to kind of agree with you. I was nowhere near, I was lucky to like even, even have a job, let alone people cutting me, cutting me checks. So, um, what, what was it like? And and even now you're still fairly young. What is it like being responsible for so many people's livelihoods? Um, it's a pretty scary feeling. Um, I think me and my wife talk about a fair bit these days is, is like, she's, she's building her first company, and um, she's got like our first few employees and just like going like, like seeing her going through that same sort of state of like, Oh my God, like, like if, this, if these people don't pay me by this time then I like, I'm going to have to float the expense for payroll, like that whole thing. Um, I don't miss that as much. Um, but you know, um, having a giant payroll is, is definitely something that'll keep you up at night. And, and um, I don't know how, I don't know how certain people do it. I don't know, like like, like these age, like the big agencies, like you know, like um, the, your five hundred plus person agencies where payrolls millions of dollars mm-hmm. every two weeks. I don't, um, that's something that I've intentionally decided that I, I just don't ever want. Um, which is why I think we, you know, our plan is to sprint to get a hundred of the right clients, and then we're done. That's like we're we're gonna have a hundred client client list, and that will be all the clients we have. Um, just because I don't, I don't want a huge team. I don't want a huge list of clients and, 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 but that's like been just sort of like a recent realization. Like, I think I just really realized that like in December. So I want to get into from the future, but I will say that, um, the article that came and it came out recently that kind of piqued my interest and, um, led me to like, Hey, I think having Nick on the podcast to kind of tell his story a little bit would be really, really interesting um, is you wrote an article about your minimum engagement uh, for being around 30, 30 K. Uh, and you had a really, um, a really cool 
rate card um, that's very specific to length of engagement. And I, I will say one of the things that, especially on the agency side that I run into is um, what I guess I call project SEO, which to, to me, um, it, it's difficult because it implies kind of a short time frame. Um, and it's really difficult, especially as an agency, when you're, when you're dependent on other people for implementation um, in, and when you're looking for more of a longer-term partnership. So can you, I guess, tell me what went into that minimum engagement, why 30K, what, what the deal is there and the benefit? Yeah, and um, it, was, it, was, it came about from um, – so I, it's funny. I, I, just, I was on 24 hours of SEO yesterday and literally Dick just like, spoke specifically to how frustrated I am when I meet people. Um, and I asked about their pricing and, and they're like, this is my price. Um, and it's like, why is that your price? It's like, well, that's the market average. Like that, like arbitrary pricing is, <laughs> is ridiculous to me. Um, yeah. so like coming up with our pricing based on like, what are our costs look like? And like, are our costs are based on like supporting our UVP, like our unique value proposition is the mix of talent that we have. So like our average project team has, there's design influence, there's development influence, there's content strategy. Like it, it's all of these other components. It's not just like, all right, cool. Like you are an SEO client. So like, here's your scene. Like you're, you're going to be this account manager's person. And like, you'll have these like little SEO analysts running around doing work for you. Um, just cause that's like not, it's not how the internet works these days. Um, and so many people aren't capable of like so many clients don't have the resources to do the right, to do the implementation and to do it correctly. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that was like a really big differentiator when we got started. Um, I think that's something that we've, we've really started to lean on. Like only, like only in 2018 did we really start to build like a true um, design department. Like we had like, we, we had like a designer before that. And like we had some other people like who have, who aren't designers, like have a good eye for design. But like 2018 was really the first time we were intentionally like, all right, we need to build a dedicated design department. And funny enough, realizing that was like, it actually like it bifurcated into design and UX. Now we have both. And like they're separate departments because visual design is not user experience. Like they they play in the same wheelhouse, but they're different, right? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so pricing was based on, you know, a minimum net margin, a minimum target net margin and being able to have our average project team have all of the roles that, that we think are needed. Yeah, that's, um, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And in, in the, um, like I said, the thing that I liked about it was that the the rate was much higher with the shorter term engagement, just because I feel like the, and I don't want to say risk, risk isn't the right word, but when you're looking for long-term partnerships and you know that implementation may not come until later on in the contract, just due to unforeseen circumstances or, or limitations, um, it certainly over the course of time doesn't make sense, especially as an SEO, maybe in other project-based environments, but with SEO, shorter term engagements in, in, in my mind, it's, it's sometimes been hard to prove out the, um, the value, the value of what you're, what you're doing. Um, so tell me, I guess about from the, from the future, like how did you start that? Uh, what led you to that? Um, it was, uh, it was just, a, it was honestly just supposed to be a tax shelter at first. Um, I had, I had a blog in 2014. Um, well, I had a blog that I started in 2012, um, really stupid name, uh, SEO Nick. It was a .net because I couldn't get the .com at the time. Um, and it, I just, I wanted to write more about search and I started writing a couple things um, and, and started to build up an, like a, a somewhat small audience and then put out like people were like, you know, well, how do you monetize a blog? Well, put a product out. So 
I like on a whim, uh, like on the drive, on the drive to Vermont, um, for a snowboarding trip, I made my friend drive, um, which I'm very grateful for because I spent like the seven hours of that drive creating this entire product. Like I just wrote this email sequence and sold it, uh, put it up for sale for like 67 bucks and sold it a whole bunch of it. Um, it, it got really popular. So I ended revenue in 2013 from that and then got slapped with this massive tax bill. Um, and was like sort of blown away. I was like, well, like, all right, how do I make sure that doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was sort of just learning kind of late to the game, like, Oh, like self-employment tax and like, Oh, like I'm paying for all this stuff with, pre, you know, post-tax dollars that really should be pre-tax expenses. And so it was just an LLC to like shield me from all of that tax liability. Um, and then I was at a meetup and, and like ran into a guy that I had known just from the local SEO industry. And he's like, we're looking for an agency for help. Our budget's $15,000 a month. Would you guys want the contract? Just like, well, I guess. Um, so I was still, I mean, I was full time at traffic safety stores. So that was the point where I was like, all right, well, I need to find some people to do, to do this work. Um, so it was, it was all very sort of accidental. Um, and it wasn't until I um, brought on somebody to run operations full time that like we really experienced any sort of growth uh, or like intentional growth. Um, that was like really the big, the big shift was like this, like bringing on an operations person, like changed everything. Um, and like, we suddenly like, you know, grew into a real company and three years later broke a million dollars. And then it was like, well, it's time to probably actually like go focus on, on this thing and go there full time. So, um, but yeah, it's sort of just a happy accident. Um, this was not, I mean, I, I had an agency before in 2000, that I, in 2007 mm-hmm. and was terrible at running it. Um, we got lucky and ended up building a, um, a clunky lightweight CMS on CodeIgniter and we ended up getting somebody to buy the company just to buy the CMS. And, um, that was like a stroke of good luck. Um, because I, I had no idea what I was doing then. Um, and definitely was not equipped to, to run an agency for the long term. So, um, that was a happy accident in and of itself. Yeah. Like Bob, Bob Ross, happy, happy accident. <laughs> um, <laughs> So traffic, traffic think tank, I wanted to, to get into that. And before I, before we get into that, I wanted to preface it by saying kind of one of the common themes that I've experienced, I guess, in my own experience um, in talking with other people on the podcast uh, and coming from a startup where I know a lot of businesses are founded based on the idea that there's a problem and, and a, a lack of a service in, in the market where there should be should be a service. Uh, and as it stands really today, there, there's not really a great way to go to college and learn SEO, at least in the way that it should be, should be learned. And uh, we've talked a lot about most SEOs, especially um, those of us that have been in the industry for more than five or 10 years, didn't get into it intentionally. Uh, and the folks uh, coming out of college with more of a general marketing degree are rarely, in my experience, rarely able to or rarely ready to be what it means to be a good SEO right off the bat. It takes takes some time. Uh, but I feel like you guys, with what you've done with Traffic Think Tank, are kind of filling um, filling that market with respect to learning. Um, but even, even still with that, there's still not a great way to learn SEO in a, in a formal college type in, yeah. environment. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a weird, weird industry and a weird thing with that respect. Um, 
but talk to us about Traffic Think Tank and kind of what went into starting that with your with your partners. Um, so, uh, first thing I, I think I'll let you know is um, we are working on a, a more formalized um, training program mm-hmm. for like getting started. So, like Traffic Think Tank, sometime in probably the next month or two, we'll have um, like a separate course platform where we're going to take like at this point I think it's almost 400 hours like all the exclusive content group it all into topics and like actually more formally lay it out like here's what you should read and watch and do like here's the activities to like immerse yourself and like gain some understanding in the space That's awesome. um, so hopefully that does do a better job at sort of filling that market need um, but traffic think tank was launched in 2017 by me I had 32 members um, I just launched it to my email list and uh, it was all in Kajabi and a private Facebook group um, and it went reasonably well. Like I realized like there was this like sense of community that was sort of happening, but like Facebook wasn't the right medium for it. Um, and so like having had conversations with Ian for a while about like, Hey man, like we should, we should do something together. Um, just cause I, I like and respect the guy. And then, you know, Matt Barbie had been a longtime friend of mine, but digitally we'd never met in person. Mm. Um, so like I just tapped these guys. I was like, Hey, like I'm going to relaunch this Slack channel. Here's the price point, but like, I'm going to need help. Like I'm not going to be able to build this community and, and moderate it and run it myself. Um, I need other people that know what the hell they're doing and offer some different perspectives. Like, um, you know, uh, Matt runs all of SEO and digital strategy for a, a public company that sells software and Ian does it for a public company that's built on lead gen. And those felt like they, those married up really well with, with an agency perspective. So, um, yeah, we, we launched it. We, we got to like 20 grand our first month, just like just the relaunch without really any advertising. Um, steadily been picking up between five and 10 grand in reoccurring revenue ever since. Um, we ended up getting to, you know, we broke 500 grand in ARR last year in 11 months. That was a nice milestone. We're trying to get um, to the million dollar ARR mark this year. Um, I think we'll get there. We're still picking up steam, you know, eight to 9% MRR growth per month. Um, I'm learning a lot about churn. Like I the software companies that I've built and sold, I called them software companies, but it was really like, they were in, they were embedded users. So like one was a CMS and the other one was actually sort of a CMS too. It was a, it was a consumer review website that we built as a web app and then a Japanese company bought it. So they, they weren't software that had customers. They were, it was apps that functioned as parts of websites and the users were really just visitors. So like, so having like, I've never had to manage churn before. So like, that's been a really interesting lesson to learn, you know, like, like a good month will have two or 3% churn or negative churn. And like a horrible month is like 7% churn. Um, and seeing cancellations happen and like under, like not being able to understand like what, like scrambling to get people's feedback, like, Hey, like, sorry to see you go, but like, what, like, what did we do wrong? Like, how do we fix this? Um, it's a very new, a new place to be in. So, um, it's been a fun experience. Uh, and I, the, I think the most unexpected thing that's come out of it, um, has been how much I learn inside that group, um, on like a weekly basis. So, so two things, um, if somebody doesn't know what it is, so I strongly advise if you're listening to this podcast, go to trafficthinktank.com. Uh, it's it's a, a pretty awesome idea and a pretty awesome service, but if somebody doesn't know what it is, can you kind of explain it? Yeah, so we, we um, the best way I've heard it referred recently was as, um, was as like an SEO insurance plan. Uh, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I mean, it, it's really meant to be like, it, we position it as like a training, uh, you know, as like a training community, but it's really just a, it, it's more of like a tight knit community, like community more than anything else where there's like the people in there will care about you and your business and you'll get like honest answers and honest feedback. So like we have people in there 
who are just starting out uh, an in-house career or they, have, they might have a small agency or they might be a freelance consultant and they're just like, hey, I've got this client in this space. Here's the here's the traffic drop that I just experienced, or I'm getting attacked with negative SEO. Like they'll bring specific scenarios and they'll just be like, I just need support. Or like, these are my ideas. What do you guys think? Um, so like a lot of it is, is, is sort of this like reinforcement. Um, but there's also like, um, there's people in there from like, we've got people in there from HubSpot, not just Matt, um, but HubSpot, Indeed, Uber, uh, we've got people who work at Google. Uh, like, like these people are also in there. They're, they're in, like, these are various, like, more established seasoned digital marketers. And they're just in there to have the conversation. They're like, hey, like, we just launched this big content campaign and we're doing, you know, these 10 things. Um, what do you guys think? Like, is there anything that I, I didn't think of? Is there anything I can do to amplify this? Or, or do you think my implementation was right on for, like, this one piece of this thing? Like, um, it's just like a very open discussion where people seem very, very invested in, in helping one another, which is great, but like that, that wasn't expected. Do, do you find that you, Matt, and Ian have to spend a lot of time being kind of the primary moderators or content producers, or do you find that the community has taken over that responsibility? There was an inflection point that like, um, that happened probably right around like 300 people where we would get notifications and you know, like, like if I'll, I'll be in a meeting and I'll see a notification on my phone, it's like, all right, cool. Like remind me about that in an hour when I know I have like some free time blocked out um, and I'll get back and I'll go into it and there'll be 10 people that have already answered it. And they've, they've gone into more detail than I could ever even imagine. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, um, it was definitely a lot more of our time. I think we each still spend probably 10 hours a week, like each of us, um, just hopping in there or creating content for it. Um, but yeah, the community does a lot of the blocking and tackling at this point. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was recently at a company called startups.co, which did, um, a similar thing. Um, but it was more specific to startups and, and, and business and so on and so forth, where it was a, a paid Slack community. I wrote a blog post for your blog. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I, pro- I probably, I probably saw it. Um, and I probably, probably managed it or, or put it into the system at some, at some place. Um, or maybe my, my, uh, uh, colleague Steph may, may have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I came, came from there and, and, um, did a lot of SEO, SEO work for them. They were kind of in dire, in dire need, but also, um, it was cool to watch the startups live, which I, I think they might've shut it down. Not sure, not sure why, because people were in, engaged, but it was a, a pretty cool thing to watch, to watch grow as well. Similar. Um, so you guys recently put together a, a pretty, pretty big event for traffic think tank. And, um, most people think of events as in going, what was it like to actually put it together? Oh, it's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> it was, it was like one of the stupidest things I've ever done. Um, I mean, it went, it went well, but like, it just felt like it, like I, we were, I mean, I was a basket case leading up to it, especially since it was here. Like, because yeah. Ian lives in Charlotte and Matt at the time lived in Boston. We're like, all right, we'll pick, you know, Philly's right in the middle. So let's do that. Um, so like having to find the venue, like find the venue, negotiate all the pricing, the catering, the speakers, the technology, getting the flyers printed and the, I mean, all of it, like I have a newfound respect for event coordinators, event planners, cause, um, I will never do that again. Like I think we're going to do an event this year, like we'll, or we'll do a 2020 event, but like, I'm like, we're hiring somebody like somebody else will get paid to do all of that. Cause, um, cause I hated it. It was, it was the, the all the planning coordination was just, it was just so much, um, but yeah, we sold out the first event. Um, it wasn't big. I mean, it would be big, but it was, I mean, it was 350 people. Um, but it went really well. Um, I was shocked that, you know, we, we actually sold it out and, um, or wait, no, am I talking my numbers wrong? It's 150 people. 
might've been 150 people. I don't, I don't remember the number. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was a smaller like group though. Um, but it was just, it was just big enough that we were able to sell it out. And, um, it went really well. Funny, you know, we actually just uploaded, we just got all the videos back this week. So they literally all, all the speaker videos and the Q and A and everything just got, um, uploaded into Slack yesterday. Yeah. And I would have to imagine, like you have to start somewhere, right? I would have to imagine that as long as you guys continue to commit to putting it on, that it will commit to, or that it will continue to, um, to grow, especially as your membership grows um, within Traffic Think Tank, and that becomes kind of a self-fulfilling fulfilling prophecy. And it's like, um, I guess I what you, I anticipated that you would say it was probably awful to um, to plan. And I honestly, I think about like moving into my house and how I the the last time I, I did it myself and did all the moving, and never again, never <laughs> hiring a mover. <laughs> Not going to happen again. Um, so you recently, uh, and I think it was on, I can't remember if it was on your site, personal site, or if it was on your agency site, um, recently released a case study about the impact of technical SEO and how you guys were able to grow um, a, a campaign or, or a site's traffic uh, quite significantly um, with only technical SEO. Can you talk about that a little bit? Get into yeah, that? so I mean, technical SEO, um, I think one of the biggest misunderstandings out there is that like everybody needs it. Like it's great to, to like have a site that's in good health from a technical perspective, but like um, the bigger the site, the more likelihood that like there's like little things that are broken that, that are holding back really big growth. Um, so like with a UGC site, user generated content site, it was a music hosting site called your listen. Um, yeah, there was just a bunch of stuff that was just like never built right. And like they were able to get traffic sort of in spite of themselves. I think they just sort of had crossed like that brand threshold just enough where Google was like, yeah, your site's a piece of crap, but like, we're going to send some, like we're going to show your site anyway in search results. Um, because I think they had just enough branded traffic to do that. Um, that yeah, it was it was like a you know calling the crawl budget, changing the sitemap setup, changing the way the pages were rendered, um, the internal link structure. Like it was it was just sort of basic on page on site like setup to make sure that the the that Google could crawl and and, and understand um, the site the right way uh, was all it really took. Just like fixing it and, and it just sort of set it on a path to to grow on its own. So the interesting thing is, um, I guess one of the things that I say all the time is I see these really, really advanced conversations. Um, probably the most recent one was whether or not click-through rate is a, is a ranking factor. And there's many, many other really, really advanced conversations. And like, that's great. I love keeping up with that stuff. Uh, and it's really awesome to think about like, what does, what does rank brain do or whatever. Um, but the, the real truth of the matter is that when we begin to work with a client, they're rarely in a place where they're ready for kind of that advanced level stuff. And it's usually basic blocking and tackling. And the problem usually is basic implementation that, that is, is, is a struggle to, to um, get them to, to implement some of your recommendations. Finding the stuff to fix is not the problem. Getting them to actually do it is, is more the, and it almost becomes like a psychological game. So um, there are times when I've found that from a technical perspective, if the site's really, really small, you may fix everything. It may, there, there may not be much movement, but with bigger sites, 
like you said, one small change um, could, could lead to really, really big results in kind of a, a larger economy of, um, of scale. That's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but. I, I mean, I would definitely agree. Um, yeah, like the bigger the site, the usually, you know, the, the more changes you can affect with the, with the small changes. But there's also like, what's funny is, is I'm just remembering like a specific example um, that I can talk about where, uh, so we're working with a, a big brand, big international multi-billion dollar year brand. They, mm-hmm. they have, they're in the travel space. Um, if you've been on our website and seen our client logos, it's very easy to figure out what I'm talking about. Um, uh, they have a small site, thousand pages or so, like very, very small site. Um, and it's one of those things where like just going through like auditing the site, we realized that there was a canonical tag where it wasn't supposed to be um, on like a really important page. And because mm-hmm. that page was canonical to the homepage, which was just stupid, um, <laughs> it was effectively set to no index. So like it was one of those things where um, they have a 40 person development team. So like that's not a client we get to do implementation for. Like we will never get to touch that code base. Um, but so it's just about sort of maintaining the health of the site working through how implementation is going to happen with the order of priorities are like, that's a lot of what we're doing. But that was when we're like, Hey guys, like you just go delete this single line of code. Like just go remove this canonical tag from this page. Just like do that right now. Um, and they did it. And the next week that page jumped to position five for a keyword that gets 123,000 searches per month. Um, on just that one exact match keyword and then all the variations, hundreds of thousands of searches per month. Um, uh, uh, the next week, like within seven days, like position five, the page started to you know pick up like 40, 50,000 visits a month from there. And the page like that, those keywords alone turned that page into like sort of like an assisting sales page into like a direct organic revenue channel that I think is doing like 60 million a year. That's what it's contributing to their bottom line now, just that one page. Um, so like there is, there is shit like that. Like that's technically technical SEO, but like it's a rogue canonical tag that was just costing them a tremendous amount of money. And, and it's, it's funny because they're like, even now, even in 2019, there's still a perception with a lot of uh, brands, people, executives that SEO is kind of this like magical, magical art where we're, and I always say like where we go and sprinkle our fairy dust on things and things magically, magically work. And in that case, it was, and I, I guess I always take a practical approach. And in that case, it was very, very practically just helping them get out of their own way and helping them take advantage. Yeah. That one, well, that one, that one was just, you know, they had hired a shitty SEO company before and, and there's a lot of them out there. So, right. um, you know, there, there's, and a lot of them are, are, are way more affordable than we are. Um, but you know, you get what you pay for. So how do you, I guess, how do you get past that barrier, um, to getting people to understand that a certain level and a certain quality of service is, worth the money before the point of committing the money um, that to be a problem. I, I've, I've, um, I don't know. I've grown cynical in, in my old age. Um, I I've stopped really caring about pushing it too hard. Um, cause what, what has started to happen, we've been around just long enough now. We're at like the five year mark where, um, you know, like, cool, you went with a cheaper solution. You know, best of luck. You know, we'll be here. Um, we'll be here if anything, you know, if anything changes 12 months later, Hey, so, uh, so we, you know, we went with that lower cost solution and, uh, we got a penalty. Um, they relaunched our website and 50% of our traffic is gone. Uh, we're experiencing negative revenue from organic. Like it's just like a lot of those people come back. Um, and then there'll be a client forever. Like, um, you know, I, um, just a funny sort of anecdotal experience. I'm, I'm in, um, 
I'm in an, uh, an e-commerce forum called e-commerce fuel. Um, it's a great place by the way. can't recommend it enough. It's run by a guy named Andrew Udary. He does a tremendous job. Um, but there was somebody who put in there this week who posted, they're like, Hey, I just got this SEO proposal. And like, I've heard of this company before and they have huge clients. Like, um, Groupon is one that stood out, but like huge client, like Sony Groupon. And I just went through this proposal and I was just like, Oh my God, like this is, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like, like just so bad. Like the, like their list of, of like, here's all the things we found wrong. The first thing on the list, oh man, look at the, you've 200 pages that have multiple one bags. It's really? Like, um, just that, uh, another thing that was really funny that was in there was, um, they highlighted that they, like this, the, this company's website had 155 pages that had 302 redirects. Um, that were causing a no index. Um, and, but, but what they didn't manage to highlight was those were URL parameters for the individual cart IDs that you would never want crawled or indexed anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, just like, and just pure bad advice throughout this whole thing. And like, this was like a $22,000 a month proposal. Um, oh, no. So like there's, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's amazing how much, how many, how many people are out there sell, <laughs> selling services that um, have no effing idea what they're doing. So, it's funny that you say that because I, I, um, last year at the, at the end of the year, we were brought into, and we are a partner with a, a, a development agency and then they kind of contract us out to, um, take on some, some, you know, digital, digital work. Um, and they had us take a look at the SEO roadmap and strategy that had been given to them by, another company that they were considering rehiring um, and they were, they were sitting on the contract because they just wanted to get a feel for like somebody else's perspective. And so they sent it over and they said, all right, this is the strategy. And it was really, honestly, somebody had, the strategy was, and I kid you not, somebody had taken what looked like a a, a screaming frog (laughs) export and just given it to the client and said, that's the strategy. <laughs> and it was like it was just mind blowing. Within about two minutes of opening their roadmap and strategy document and their proposal and everything, I I just I had to stop and I had to say like, okay, back up, back up. Like this isn't gonna. Let's just go back to them and <laughs> this, this is garbage. And let us help you out. Uh, let us help you out. Let us give you like a real professional audit, and then you can decide based based on our audit versus their audit and strategy, who's is better and who you want to go with long term. I've seen audits. I've seen people charge $2,000 for an audit and the audit deliverable is screenshots out of deep crawl, just yeah. pasted into Word documents. Yep. And that's not a strategy, but some people think it is. <laughs> like, um, no, it, it gets absurd. So yeah, one of my favorite things has become like, yeah, like, um, hey, just let us put a proposal together for you. Like, not even, like, not even straight, like, you don't, you don't, it doesn't even cost money. Like it does not cost you money to, to request a proposal from us. We'll put in the time and work. Just compare our proposal side by side to any other one you get. And you, yeah. And you make the decision. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, we're very fortunate to be at a place where like the proposals sell themselves. So if we, if we, you know, if, if we get a proposal in your hands and you are qualified, like you have the budget, I, I it's not often that we, we lose that business. So one of the things that this podcast is about, obviously we want to talk tactics and we want to talk success stories, but we also want to talk about like, what's it really like 
to be in SEO. And one of the questions I like to ask people is, what have been some of your failures and learning moments? Ooh, um, well, so we had, there's a test um, that we're still going through that didn't go, it didn't go as planned. Um, uh, and, and it's for a mixture of reasons, but um, so we, we, have, we work with a retailer, an e-commerce company, um, and they're pretty big. And, um, they, they already have a tremendous SEO footprint. Um, they rank really well for product queries and their categories and subcategories with specific modifier sets work really well for them. But there's this whole like class, there's this whole set of query classes that are like the root query classes, like that, that once you remove like a product attribute specific modifier, like that's where like a lot of the big volume is. They're more, it's unqualified traffic. There's way more volume. Um, but they didn't have pages like for these, like they only had like, they had all these modifier sets that went all the way down, but they didn't have like this generic level of page. So we were like, Hey, like let's, let's create this list of, you know, a hundred pages to go after this, like this few extra million searches per month mm-hmm. um, in like top of funnel search volume. That's I mean, it's, it's not, it's not highly qualified, but they're qualified, like they're middle of funnel um, pages. And so we created the strategy. We designed the requirements for like, here's the, the page level requirements for all these pages. And we're going to use some of your existing technical infrastructure. So like you don't have to manually build the HTML from these pages. You're going to use your, they have a custom, a custom CMS. Like you're going to write a few calls to your database to pull in the right product sets to, to generate the render for these pages. And we push them out and like, this is going to be great. Like, cause they, like they had already, like they were ranking like bottom of page one, top of page two already with their, modifier pages for this for this this generic query class we're like this is awesome like google already thinks the site is relevant for these terms we just don't have a page that's really a good result that's a good target for them so like we're going to create these pages and they'll just pick up all this traffic um push them out they are they're slow to get indexed um and they're just like and it's two or three months goodbye they're just like they're getting no traffic like no traffic like 30 visits a month like nothing um and so it's like, what the hell's going on? So we go back through and we update all the internal links. We, uh, like, like we add internal links from some of the modified category pages. We go into like their high, their high traffic blog posts that are, have relevancy for the terms, get internal links going for them, create a, a new HTML sitemap for all the pages, stick a link to that in the footer so hopefully that gets called and picked up, submit the XML version into GSC. Nothing, still nothing. Um, so finally we have one of our guys like has the, the bright idea of going through all the pages and looking at them. And we're realizing that the technology stack that, that our, our, our client is using to generate the content of these pages is just broken. All, all, 70% of these pages are just empty. Like the page exists. There's a header and a footer and a navigation and there's just a big white hole where there's nothing. It's like, oh, that's, um, that's probably the problem. Um, but like we, but we didn't pick, like we, we were looking everywhere else except on the actual pages themselves. We're looking at like, are they indexed? Are they getting crawled? Uh, do they have enough? Like, do we have internal links going to them? Can we, should we start building external links? All these other things, as opposed to just paying attention to like, is the page rendering the way that we need it to? Um, because we just sort of assume like, well, the client has a big engineering team. Like they're not going to have broken pages on their site. Like they've got significant status resources and, 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 and tools in place to check that they make sure these pages, like their pages are always rendering because they make, thousands of dollars a minute. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a miss from a, from an implementation perspective on our end. How do you, 
how do you, I guess, what's it like to go to the client when you've built up in probably in their minds, how valuable this strategy is going to end up being And how do you go to them with a mistake like that? Like, how does that feel? Or what was your approach? Well, I mean, it feels shitty, but the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the approach is very simple, right? The approach is like, hey, here, we, we just did a benchmark audit and we went through and we had some, one of our guys manually go through every one of your pages and answer these three questions. Um, is, uh, is, the page, is the page rendering um, with content on it at all? Yes or no? If yes, is it, is it the correct, con- is it, are the products the right products for, for the, the configuration that they should be on the page? Yes or no? And then again, if yes, are all of the different models of product that need to be represented, like that, that would make the page a good result for the generic version of the term, are they all on the page? Yes or no? And being able to be like, hey, here's all the pages. Here's these three, like, these three questions that like, we need to be a yes all the way across. Here's all of the red boxes. So like, these, need, like, these are all the things that need to be fixed before we can actually say that this strategy is deployed to, uh, to a level where we can gauge its effectiveness. Um, now, if, they, if those all get like, if those all get changed to yeses, and 30 days later we're still not getting traffic, then the conversation again becomes like, well, we tried this strategy. Here's all the the data behind the strategy. Here's here's how it was executed. Here's why we believed it would work. It didn't work, but we need to make a change. Um, and that brings me back to something we had talked about at the very beginning of this, which is the reason that we don't or rarely um, take on project based SEO engagements is because SEO is, is as much an art as it is a science. And I think a big part of like, we want to work with companies that want a longer term partner and they've got big lofty goals to really like either, either increase um, profits from organic traffic or to like bolt on SEO as like an additional revenue channel and understanding that like, like we're going to do a whole bunch of stuff and we're going to start with easy stuff first. And like, there's going to be wins along the way, but there's going to be stuff that doesn't work. And it just means we need to, we need to change the strategy. We need to try something else. Um, and like the right types of clients, the, the clients I think that understand just how much ROI there is to be had, like our travel client, for example, that now makes millions and millions of dollars a year in just extra money that will just be there forever. Um, or until something goes horribly wrong. Um, like they understand that like there's going to be wins along the way, but like there's going to be, there's going to be stuff that doesn't work. Um, but understanding that like the, the, the sum of all of the parts, like all of those little wins is going to be so significant if you stick with it. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really important for your average day-to-day SEO. Um, there, there are SEOs that have been doing this for a long time and some well-known, some not, um, not everything works in that. And I think that I remember like being very early on in my career, feeling like if I made a recommendation and it didn't work, there was almost like a, a fear level of like having to go to the client and say, this didn't work. We need to go back to the, um, to the drawing board. But I, I think we're here to tell you like, it's, it's okay. It's okay for something to not work. And while you certainly only hear about really positive case studies, there are plenty of case studies where things just didn't go the way you expected. And um, it even happened to the best, to the best of us. So totally okay. So, let me ask you this. What do you love about the industry and what do you hate about the industry? Um, <laughs> um, I love that generally it seems it's a very giving industry. I think people are, are willing to help and, and a lot of people are sort of um, willing to invest a lot of their time. Um, even a lot of the, the, the big names in the industry are, are very humble and are willing to 
answer emails and, and, and tweets and like just offer information, um, which I don't think you get that with a lot of, of industries where, where the premium end of consulting gets into, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars an hour um, for people to be so, so generous with their time. Um, on the flip side, um, the thing I think I hate the most about the industry is there's a lot of people that have a lot of, that have very big reputations um, that probably haven't ranked a website in a lot of years, if ever. Um, there's like a specific handful of people that come to mind that I'm not going to name, but like, yes, you write about SEO a lot. Yes, you speak about SEO a lot, but like, show me one, one commercial ranking that you have right now. Like, I don't know if you've ever ranked a damn thing. I don't know if you understand how to. Yeah. So like that, that gap between the thought leader, uh, SEO celebrity, SEO celebrity, however the hell they say it, and like practitioners, um, that is very frustrating. Um, but a nice part about that for me is I feel a lot better about it because a lot of the practitioners are in traffic think tank. Um, so I get to talk to people that are actually out there ranking shit and making money every day. Yeah. Getting it done. Um, yeah, I've had my own, my own experience, uh, with that. And, and I've talked about it a little bit, how, um, it was a little bit frustrating for me being part of an agency where there were a couple of people that are kind of well known on, I guess what I call the conference circuit. And going to those people and feeling like, all right, I, I've, got a, I've got a situation and if anybody knows the answer, it's them because everybody knows who they are. And they're like the, these celebrities at, at, at conferences and they speak all the time. And asking them the question or being on a client call with them and deferring to them only to watch them get this deer in the headlights sort of look, <laughs> like it just made me just pull my hair out and kind of question everything that I had believed before that point. And now I'm, I'm a little bit more cynical when it comes to SEO celebrity status, only because of those few people that I've run up against where it, it was exactly that. I don't know that they've ever actually successfully ranked anything in their, in their lives. And it was incredibly frustrating yep. for me. So, yeah. So, so speaking of giving, uh, you were recently, uh, given away as part of uh, the Deep Crawl Go Red <laughs> event. How did that get set up? What was that like? Um, I mean, that, uh, Jennifer Hoffman, I think, has to take all the credit for that. Um, Deep Crawl's really been doing a lot more with social impact. I think it's doing really well for them in terms of raising awareness. Um, they're a great company. Um, I love you know being involved um, on their customer advisory board. Uh, we use their tool every single day, countless times. Um, I mean, it's a staple tool within our SEO team. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a really cool idea. Um, funny enough, I, I, um, I have a friend here in Philly that started something similar, um, where, uh, but it was called Philly give and get, but it was a similar idea where, um, they would uh, auction off people or experiences and, and all of the money raised would go to one charity and they would do these events a couple times a year. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's cool to see, you know, some software companies hopping on sort of that same boat. I think it's, uh, it's, you know, it's for a great cause and, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it definitely is for, um, you know, great, a great cause. Um, and if you haven't, uh, if you haven't subscribed to, to deep crawler, tried it out. If you're still using only screaming frog and don't get me wrong. I love screaming frog. Um, I, I strongly encourage you to go try out a deep crawl. It's a really good enterprise, uh, crawling and technical SEO, uh, piece of, and I don't even want to call it software because it's a, it's a, it's not software. It's a website, but, um, yeah, I would really, really encourage going and looking at that. Um, speaking of 
tools. What I guess, what are your favorite tools? What what should, what tool set are you using? Um, so I mean, we we very much are not like an either or agency. Um, I don't. I know a lot of people will pick one. Like when you've got a couple tools that do the same thing, like they'll they'll pick one. And I like from a cost perspective, I get it. I just don't. They all do slightly different things. So like. Mm-hmm. We use Sightbulb, Deep Crawl, and Screaming Frog. Um, we, we, there's different applications. There's things that each of them do better than the others. Um, we have subscriptions to Ahrefs and SEMrush and Majestic because, like, I can't imagine getting linked data from just S- – uh, well, screw it. I mean, I love SEMrush, but their linked data is crap, and they know it. But I can't <laughs> imagine getting linked data from just Majestic or just Ahrefs, plus there's different metrics at the domain level that we want from both. Uh, SEMrush we use mainly for um, – Link building because they they're the, like one of the only sources for uh, organic traffic via an API. Um, so like all they all have all these different tools. I realize I'm not doing a great job answering tool, but um, our stack right now it's I mean it's a long list. So everything I just mentioned we pay for all those. We also um, use Keyword Keg pretty heavily. Um, I wonder if I'm forgetting any other obvious ones. What does Keyword Keg do? I've not heard of that one before. Oh, these there. It's a two-person team. Um, you so do you have the keywords everywhere extension installed? I do not. I do not. Oh, man, so like that. It's a super cool free extension. Um, it turns your it turns any time it turns it, it all renders right in Google, and it turns anywhere any tool that does any sort of keyword suggestion. Um, it turns it. It actually goes and hits the AdWords API and actually pulls in the, the data for you. So like if you go use Keyword Shitter. Um, which is a really goofy, funny tool, but for just generating keyword ideas and masks, but you have keywords everywhere installed, you'll get all the volume for all of those keywords displayed right there, like in, in the window. Um, it does the same, like if you, you know, if you do a search on Google and you have keywords everywhere installed, it'll show you the volume for the term that you searched right at the top of the bar. It'll render a whole bunch of related terms down the sidebar. You can scroll to the bottom, all the related searches it'll display search volume for. Um, but keywords everywhere um, is the extension, but keyword keg is the company behind it their paid service will allow you to drop uh, in up to 500,000 keywords at a time to get data for. Um, they don't have an API, but, but if you need to get a lot of data for a lot of keywords, um, it's one of the few tools you can, you can use to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, and I, was, um, I was reveling in the fact that basically, because we just went through a major kind of retooling exercise um, at my company, and um, honestly, we were aligned on pretty much every tool and we ended up getting rid of a few tools where there was some, some unnecessary overlap and where we were basically double paying for things that we shouldn't have been double paying for. Um, but I, I have not heard of keyword, keyword keg or keywords everywhere. So you learn something new every, every day, right? There are a bunch of, bunch of tools out there that I'm, that I'm sure that are awesome that I still haven't used or probably even heard of. That's another one. So what, what's kind of your favorite tactic? If you have to pick a tactic, what's your favorite go-to tactic of the moment? Um, the thing that's, that is working, like we're seeing the biggest movements for, for, um, for clients, it's like probably generating the biggest return on investment right now, um, has honestly just been um, after the, the series of Rank Brain updates in Q4, well, starting August 1st, but then all through Q4, uh, has been laser focusing on changing the intent um, of the pages. So like just rewriting existing pages to make sure that like we really are understanding like what is the current intent of the term um, and removing any um, uh, cross intent that might be happening. So like, well, what's funny is like what worked real well leading up to 
those rank brain updates was, you know, you have a commercial page, but you know, in order to add additional relevancy, you might have some informational content on that page. Like you might be answering questions of like, you know, like you might be answering what questions on a page that's focused on, on selling a service. And what we've seen afterwards is the, the splintering of the intent and this, the separation of those SERPs into like purely commercial versus uh, informational and like needing to remove all that informational content and making the page more focused on just the commercial side. So including things like what's the process for, uh, the approval, what's the cost? Like if there, if there's uh, percentage rates or if there's interest rates or like if there's anything that is going to, to make that page better representation of the commercial intent and answering the questions that somebody who's there to make a purchasing decision would, that is, is having profound effects um, currently. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, <clears throat> it's funny. I feel like I'm going through a very similar, similar thing um, with a lot of our, our clients where we're driving content strategy and, and it's, that, that in and of itself is, is funny. Um, a lot of what SEOs do is incredibly related to content and content strategy, but there seems to be within the industry, not on the marketing side, but on the people that pay us to do marketing side, the idea that those two things don't interact or should be siloed. Um, but what I, what I find is that as we're going through it, and as we're actually going through the process of optimizing the page or identifying what things we should try to show up for, Nobody looks at search results and nobody looks at intent. And a lot of people say, I want to rank for this thing. And it gets a thousand searches per month, but then they forget to go and look at the search results to see if like, does that even matter to, to you? Um, is, is the page that you're trying yeah, to rank? That also, that also matter? <laughs> you totally just reminded me too. Um, something like a conversation that, that I've started having a lot more often um, that, that is, is there's a shift that's, that's happening. And it's realizing that um, more and more keywords that get searches don't get clicks. So like, you know, oh, let's go after this keyword because it gets 10,000 searches per month. And it's like, okay, but like based on, you know, an estimate from Ahrefs, those 10,000 searches per month are resulting in 1,200 clicks. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Like let's, let's go after this term over here that gets... 4,000 searches and 3,000 clicks. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, like shifting that mentality where it's not about, it's not about search, like going after search volume, it's going after like what's, what keywords actually result in clicks versus keywords that are essentially are just initial uh, entry points into a, a, a journey of refinement where that keyword is going to get refined five times before a click happens. And, and the funny thing is, as we've been going through the process, we've been learning more about keywords with a clear commercial intent, keyword, keywords with a clear informational intent, higher funnel. And then there are some where it's a mix of both. So the process that we've had been having to go through is more trying to um, define what goes where. Um, should we create a separate page for, for, for one thing, the informational stuff and a separate page for commercial, or should we create a larger hub and trying to kind of balance those things, those things out has been fun and, and interesting. For sure. So, want to um, want to make sure I'm completely respectful of time. So, I would say last question: If you're advising somebody who's getting into SEO this year, right at this moment, what would you tell them? Um, build a website. Why? Why? I mean, there um, there's nothing. If you can't write HTML, I, I, like and you don't understand how websites work and like you don't understand how to put one together. Um, I think you're gonna have a really hard time, um, understanding like how to do SEO or like what implementation is going to look like. 
um, or having any type of realistic expectations on, on what it takes to get changes made and to like get pages rebuilt and, and pages crawled and indexed. So like create your own website, set up a GSC account, try to rank your site for something. Even no, your I, name, like just do something. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I'm a proponent of tinkering on my, on my, on my own site. Um, but I did see a, an interesting conversation on Twitter yesterday or two days ago where there, there was definitely some talk in, in now this conversation was gender specific. I don't think our conversation has to be gender specific, but some talk about silos within types of roles within SEO. And I know from my experience that there are many, many folks that come into SEO without a technical background. And how would you, how would you should, how would you suggest that those folks navigate the SEO landscape if they don't start with a technical background? Uh, I mean, it's not even a technical thing. Like you don't have to write a single line of code to build a WordPress website. Like go spend 10 bucks on a domain and spend 20 bucks on a hosting package and, and read an article about how to set up your DNS. Like, you know, you may, to get the page to look the way you want it to, you might have to pay somebody to do some CSS or like you might have to go in and God forbid, write some HTML, but uh, <laughs> I don't even like that's not technical. Like I think, I think that's like, um, I think those are table stakes at this point. Right. No, I agree. I, I definitely agree. That That is, it is my my advice um, to almost anybody that asks me like, what can I be doing? What should I be doing to further my skill set? One, be curious and read. And two, like go try it out. And uh, for me, building my own website has been an invaluable experience that I'm, and I'm still learning things every, every day. Um, and the, but there are some people that are, and I was just playing devil's advocate, but there are some people that are less inclined to, um, to do that. And I think that's to the benefit of those of us that are. Yeah. Um, those people should, you know, maybe go do something else like cut grass <laughs> or work at a restaurant or I don't know. Right. Um, so where can people find you? Um, so I used to own like my whole brand SERP and then this really talented kid from Florida started playing football and I think he's going to go into the NFL and he's got my name. So. Uh, that SERP has been destroyed. Um, but, uh, probably easiest way to still find me is, is, um, he has not, uh, he has not tried to purchase my, the, our, our, our name domain yet. So nickubanks.com is probably the easiest. Um, all the best content though that I've ever written is definitely on, uh, the agency site, uh, which is ftf.agency. Cool. And then traffic think tank for those of those of you that have not yet taken a look is just at trafficthinktank.com. Highly recommend that you go there and uh, maybe even consider paying uh, for their services. I think it's uh, tremendously valuable. Um, but Nick, thank you. Uh, thank you for taking some time with me today. And uh, thank you for being really candid and open and honest. Really appreciate oh, yeah, it. My pleasure. Um, it's, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for putting up with it. So. <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Page 2 Podcast. If you like this podcast, you can listen and rate it on a number of platforms, including Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Applecast, Stitcher, Breaker, CastBox, and more. If you wish to support the growth of this podcast, please visit my website at jacobstoops.com forward slash page 2 podcast or anchor.fm forward slash page 2 podcast to make a donation. 
would be greatly appreciated. If you're an SEO who would like to be interviewed, I'd love to have you. Simply send me an email at jake.stoops at gmail.com and we'll absolutely set something up. Until next time, happy optimizing.